Hello and welcome to Soaring to New Heights. This is your one-stop shop for all things brown and gold when it comes to women's footy. My name is Tim and we're joined by our co-host Liam. Liam, how are you going? I'm going really well, Tim, on this early Friday morning. How are you? Going quite well, thank you. Yes, it is an early Friday morning. We've had a few hiccups when it's come to recording uh, this follow-up. So we do apologize for those listeners. We do, however, have an episode that just came out yesterday where Liam spoke to our newly appointed VFLW captain, Nicole Garner, which is an excellent listen. You did a tremendous job of that one, Liam. Thank you. It was really good fun. Nicole's a great person, great footballer, wonderful asset to the club, and I, I think she was quite insightful. So I go have a listen to that if you haven't already. That that came out on Thursday. Well, this will either come out Friday afternoon or Saturday morning, depending on what we decide to do with scheduling. So yeah, enjoy that. And maybe you got, can listen to a couple of episodes back to back. Why not? Absolutely. So while we're here, we'll do a quick VFLW update where the Box Hill Hawks are currently sitting on top of the ladder with two wins and a draw. So the uh, the draw, obviously, can't get any closer than that. Their first win against the Western Bulldogs outfit saw them up by one point when the final siren went. And then on the weekend, Liam, a 29-point victory against the Southern Saints, who were top of the ladder at that stage. Uh, yeah, and frankly, as I watched that game, as you know, and those who have seen our socials, I'm live tweeting the games from the podcast account and doing little five-minute videos afterwards as well. Uh, the scoreboard, frankly, flattered the Southern Saints. Box Hill were utterly dominant, uh, including we had seven AFLW players out there. The Southern Saints had none, so yes, caveat around that. But that was it was an exceptional performance and really, really good good game of football to watch from Box Hill. And he's hoping we see another one on Sunday with the double header at the City Oval where the women are headlining it. Yes, 3.30 kickoff there at Box Hill City Oval, and it's against Collingwood as well. So be hopefully a good crowd down at the Box Hill City Oval for that one. Uh, one thing you forgot to mention, Liam, when you were talking about the game on the weekend against the Southern Saints was the 75-metre goal from Sarah Perkins. Uh, yeah, um, I thought that was going to come past my house in Cam- my apartment in Canberra when I was watching the game, frankly. <laughs> Absolutely launched. It was a terrific kick from Perko. So we'll also talk quickly, I guess a bit of a, an off-season recap, look at the players that we've received during the player movements, have a look at the players who have obviously departed and what we can look forward to seeing in Season 8 of the AFLW for our Hawthorne team. So in terms of Season 8. That's correct. Yeah, counting down. So in terms of departures, Liam, we know that obviously Jess Duffin and Kate McCarthy both retired and both have gone into coaching. Duff is down at Box Hill uh, and Kate is actually working for the Dogs as a playing assistant. Uh, yeah, and she still can play as well, actually, when we played the Dogs, having watched her. Obviously, we've talked about both of their departures previously, so we won't spend very long on them, but we're very obviously grateful for what they did for the club on and off field in the first season. Uh, Jess still involved with Box Hill, although she's got uh, another significant event happening soon, mm-hmm. which we wish her all the best for. And obviously that's you know, giving birth to a son. And Kate's playing quite well at the Dogs. Seems like she's doing really well there. So, yeah, two people who gave a lot to the club and will be missed on and off the field and we wish them all the best. Absolutely. Speaking of people that we wish all the best to, uh, we've also got Dom Carbone and also Izzy Porter, who were both delisted. Uh, and surprisingly, neither one of those were picked up in the mature age draft. 
Uh, yeah, given the, the draft where draft pick pick one was traded for a well a fringe player at a mid finals tier mid tier finals team, I frankly thought they were both. You know, with Izzy's versatility and Dom's youth and skill set in the forward line, I thought they might have been picked up. Uh, given Dom's a bit younger, I was especially surprised she wasn't picked up. But yeah, those two players both, I think, are from the Northern Territory, have played a lot of football in the Northern Territory, at least in maybe in Izzy's case. I know Dom is from the Territory. Um, they've sacrificed a lot to play with us. They did a lot for the club, both at you know, VFLW level as well beforehand. So we obviously wish those two all the best. Um, I think Dom is now playing at Footscray. In fact, I know she's playing at the Western Bulldogs because she played really well against us. She did. I um, wonder if there was some motivation there. but <laughs> uh, Certainly could have been. And I think Izzy's been injured and isn't back yet, is my, my recollection. Yep, that sounds about right. Uh, and then we saw Eliza Shannon. So Eliza Shannon, surprisingly, was traded uh, with... Pick 40. So Hawthorne bundled up Eliza Shannon and pick 40 um, was traded for pick 33. The irony being that Eliza Shannon wore jersey number 33. And that we didn't uh, use that pick. And we didn't use that pick. Yeah. So whoever they were obviously looking for on the night or hoping for on the night was, was obviously gone uh, before that pick came around. But Eliza was the co-winner of our most courageous award. Uh, and we wish her all the best for everything that she does going towards her future in the AFLW. We loved watching you when you're in the brown and gold uh, and when you're playing against 16 other sides, as long as it's not Hawthorne, we'll still enjoy watching your courageous exploits on the park. Yeah, that was, I was really, I saw that trade on a break at work and I put on the socials straight away and I think I sent you a message like, what in the world has happened here? Like, I was completely caught off guard by it. It was very surprising. Um, she was a valuable member of the team, valuable again on and off field. And we, we really do sincerely, Eliza, if you're listening, if you're not, because I'm just I'm pass it on to you. We do wish you all the best. Like we, we are very grateful for what you did in Brown and Gold Jumper. Another one who contributed at VFLW level for the club as well. So yeah, thank you. And good absolutely. luck. Absolutely. So now it takes us to the re-signings. Now we'll be here for a while, but Thankfully, 25 players from our initial 30-player squad uh, have re-signed, whether it be for one year or for two years. And there were some there, Liam, that I was really, really pleased to see. Uh, obviously, if we look at Janet Baird at the moment, who's playing for the Box Hill VFLW way, team. If you've watched, if you've watched my videos on the VFLW games, she's playing really well as well. She is flying on the wing. Yes, yes, she certainly is. And if you look at Sherry O'Neill's comments, uh, it's all talking about Janet getting more strings to her bows, which is wonderful. But it's great to see Janet re-signed for another season because we didn't quite see the best of Janet last season due to injuries that occurred. So I think she she never quite recovered from a pre-season injury is what I've gathered. Yeah, so hopefully she can get a really good run of it. It's obviously building some confidence down at the VFL level as well, which is wonderful. We saw Cashy re-sign for a season, Barbacos, uh, Baskaran, Brown, Cunningham, Gilroy, Hipwell, Kemp, Locke, Lucas Rod, uh, Tamara Luke, another one who's signed up again for this season, which is wonderful. Hoping to see her back from her ACL at the top level. Yep. Uh, we've then got Akesh, we've got Anya McDonough, we've got Perko and Lou Stevenson rounding out those who've signed on for one season. Yep. Uh, and then the two years, we've got Big Mac, Billy Elliott, we've got Sherpa, 
Uh, we've got Talia Fellows, Flem. We've got Richo. We've got Lucy Wales, your favourite. Uh, and one that I was really, really pleased to see was Tamara Smith. So Smithy, from when we spoke to it, was talking about how she was picked up very late uh, in terms of the signing period for season seven. And it's great to see her signed up for two more seasons because what she showed in season one for the Hawthorne AFLW team was absolutely phenomenal. Yep. And Bridget Deed as well is another one who signed up for two years. That's correct, which and is fantastic. Just just for the record, you know, why have we not signed them longer? Two years is the longest you can sign a player for in the AFLW. So that's just an important little thing there. The signing rules is you can only sign a player for two years unless you're Sydney. So Sydney have special concessions. We are in every, every other club is only allowed to sign players for two years. So that is why those players are contracted the way they are. That's that's just what the rules allow us to do. Just to be just to clarify, like why have we not given Lucy Wales or Jazz Fleming a nine-year contract? Believe me, I would put them in front of them tomorrow, but we're not allowed to. That's it. So now we turn to the arrivals. So it's still got one spot on the list. So at the moment, our list of 30 sits at 29. And there's some rumours that we are going to announce uh, a rookie signing that will come in and take that 30th spot. Yeah, that that's per Sarah Black. The other thing that could happen at this point, given is we might go in for, with 29 for TPP-related reasons. Uh, I'd be a bit frustrated if we did that, to be brutally honest. But let's let's see, because I, I don't think you can, with the list already being so small, I don't think you can voluntarily sacrifice a spot on it. Yeah, like, no, I think, if, I think it's... I'd be looking rookie or backup ruck. That's where I'm looking. Yeah, so it'd be interesting to see what Josh Vandaloo and the team down there, our list management team, do in terms of that. We go to our priority signings, and we already did. Uh, a bit on this, but we had Emily Bates and Greta Brody, uh, who've both come across across sorry from Brisbane. Uh, and so while we did that pod, and you can go back and check it out, it's always fun to be able to talk about these two players coming in and wearing the brown and gold of the Hawthorne colours. Yeah, try it yourself, listeners. Emily, just say Emily Bates and Greta Brody are Hawthorne players. Really fun. Hard not to smile when you say it. Yeah, certainly puts a smile on your face, that's for sure. Uh, and you've done a, uh, a bit of research, Liam, on Greta Bode. Well, I've been doing research on all our players and really diving into the numbers for a project that will be announced much down the line. It's a very extensive project that I'm working on, or we're working on, but I'm doing a lot of the background, at least at the moment. Um, how is Greta Bode not an All-Australian in Season 6? She was an All-Australian, deservedly so, in Season 7. But she was... Greta Bode was one of the best four, like a top three forward in the competition by by combining all statistical metrics in season six. So the fact that she wasn't an All-Australian, I remember at the time was a big surprise. But going back through the numbers, forget surprise, try scandal. Yeah, absolutely crazy, isn't it? Well, hopefully in season eight, we'll Across see her. Across the board, her numbers were better in season six, almost every single one. And not insignificantly so either. It was quite, quite amazing that she wasn't an All-Australian in season six when she really should have been. So we've got a really good player who's only who's going to have only just turned 28 when the season starts as well. Well, he's hoping in season eight, we'll see Greta Bode as an All-Australian in the Hawthorne Colours. He'll be possibly the first Hawthorne player to be nominated as an All-Australian. Well, I think they named the midfield first, so Emily Bates might take that on a by default. But... I'll have to see what happens. 
Uh, and then we move to our draftee. So we know that at the last AFLW draft, it was a mature age draft. Uh, Hawthorne went in with three picks and used two of them. So the first pick was Matea Breed. Now, Matea Breed is a forward utility, stands at 174 centimetres, uh, and it's great athleticism, turning 22 in July. Yeah, so I've been doing a bit of research into our draftees as well, obviously, to try and get an understanding of who they are. She has, like, just key position sized. You know, she's tall and Sarah Perkins kind of thing, but she doesn't actually play key position. That's not her best role. She may, plays more as a high half forward, like roaming around, using her athleticism, using her size to impact contests and really works up the ground well. She's unbelievably athletic for her size. She changes direction really well, got a massive leap. So she has actually covered, she has actually pinched it in the ruckus occasionally as well, despite being a bit undersized for that role. So... I don't think she'll play ruck at AFLW level. I think she's not big enough at the at the level up from Sanford W. But she's a really, really good player. She hasn't played since round four of the Sanford W. Easter was round seven of the Sanford W. And there's a buy in the Sanford this week for gather round. So don't know when or if she'll be back there or if she's going to come across to Box Hill. How her moving goes, that's all not, that's all beyond our remit, obviously, at the moment. But she yeah. hits the scoreboard hard. She has size. She has she has athleticism. She's a real late bloomer. She's like, I think she's actually still a little bit raw, having watched her and read some Draft Express profiles and all that. Like, still needs to refine some fundamentals. But she's she's someone who could be a really good get for us. In a, and again, in a in a draft where pick one was worth a fringe player in a mid tier finals team, like getting that at pick four could be a really, really good value get, especially because she turned, only turns 22 in July. Yeah, so she'll obviously be able to grow in terms of her stature, not only at the club, but also in terms of the playing list as well because of that age bracket that she fits into complements what we currently have, which is wonderful. And then the second one we picked up was Kirsty Stratton. Now, Kirsty Stratton, for those of you playing at home, is actually spending some time at Box Hill and has spent a fair bit of time at Box Hill VFLW. And it's wonderful to see that that alignment that Nicole Garner was talking about in the last podcast come to fruition. Uh, yeah, um, we, we know how variable it is. She's been out injured so far this season. But, you know, she was at Box Hill before the AFLW. She was at Box Hill after she was unluckily delisted by Collingwood from the AFLW. And injuries have unfortunately really crueled her throughout her career, be it as a, as a junior when she was doing athletics and did her ACL but she's, I think she has quite a long injury list, actually. I'm, she's a player I'm currently researching for the aforementioned project. So she's got a... But she she can find the football. She got good. She provides really good tackling pressure. And especially in more recent years, she's shown you she can really hit the scoreboard. So she plays as a small forward or a midfielder. I dare say she probably won't get much midfield time looking at our list of midfielders. So, But the fact that she offers something as a small forward terms of really hitting the scoreboard and providing pressure is really handy and really valuable because we didn't hit the scoreboard that well at times last year so having someone even if they're primarily going to be a depth player who knows how to hit the scoreboard when the opportunity presents she's kicked a lot of goals at vflw level over the last couple of years um could be a really handy pickup for us as and a a more mature leader as well It's, it's always good with such a young group to have a couple of more mature heads around there especially with you know, Kate and Jess retiring. Eliza, you know, surprisingly heading off. Izzy, with all she's had to do in, in life as a mom, would probably be very mature for her age as well. Like, 
having that extra older head, if you like, I think is really going to be really valuable as well. Perhaps it might even be Kirsty's biggest value is her leadership and maturity as opposed to her on-field exploits, which are themselves excellent. Yeah, absolutely. I think the one thing I'm really looking forward to is that superb tackling pressure that she'll add. So you think about you do have a you do enjoy your tacklers, don't you? Oh, absolutely. I think if you can put on that pressure in the forward line, if you can lock the ball in, it goes a long way to helping to get goals on the board. And we've lost uh, Dom Carbone, who we know was part of that mosquito fleet. I think Tamara Smith's going to be moving more forward as well this year, just with the a the addition of midfielders and the development of others, and return of Lou Stevenson as well. And B, she's been playing a lot forward at the VFLW in the VFLW, I should say. So. That's yeah, interesting. Yeah, interestingly enough, I mean, if you have a look, we've also been playing Sherpa, who we know will more than likely play a key defensive role for us uh, on the wing at, at Box Hill. And then you've also got people like Janet Baird playing a bit more wing as well. So I wonder if it's just Sherry O'Neill having a look and seeing what we've got, because realistically, you want players to be able to play more than one position and play it quite well. You so do. I wonder if that's you know helping to add strings to their bows, because we know that when this team becomes... Finals bound, hopefully this season, if not this season, then next season, then players need to be able to adapt, be flexible uh, and, and be able to play those different positions because all of a sudden, instead of having you know five or six that we can rotate through the midfield, we now have nine that yeah. can go through the midfield. And that's you know certainly something that makes it difficult for other teams to match up on. Yeah, and by the way, when I was one little thing, I was, it's become a lot of talk about a recent a one year resigning uh, all of a sudden. But Janet Baird, when you watch her at the VFLW, she's an incredibly smart footballer. Like, I hadn't seen much of her play, neither of us had. But I've watched her in two games now at the VFLW. She just knows where to position herself every time. Like, I mean, you watch my round three video on our social media channels. She was, her defensive positioning when they were trying to exit our forward line was incredible. Like she was a one woman brick wall at times. Like nothing was getting past her. She found the, you know, she was just getting the footy with ease and Sherpa on the wing. I think that's because she's a very, very, we know her running capacity is elite before she even came to the club. We knew that, but what she's, but with, you know, with Bella, with the likes of Bella Gray and Nadia Von Berto, our back line at Box Hill is actually quite strong. Like in terms of VFLW players. So it's a good opportunity for Sherpa to try and use her skills, because in season one, she was very much a pure stopper. By the way, she's very good at that. But just to try and refine her ability to get the football and use it a bit more and to know, and that'll only make her really valuable as a rebounder as well. Like once the ball hits the deck, she can add that string to her bow and really become a very complete defender. And her and Mac could be a really good one-two punch as key defenders for 10 years. Absolutely. So something for us to look forward to, especially as we move towards season eight and as we go through the VFLW season as well. So it brings us to the end of this episode, Liam, in terms of our socials, HFC Saw on both Twitter and Instagram. We've got Soaring to New Heights on Facebook. There's going to be plenty uh, coming through in terms of the VFLW season, both here uh, and with Liam on the socials. So keep an eye out this Sunday when the Box Hill Hawks take on the Collingwood Magpies in the VFLW game starting be, at 3.30. I, I will be live tweeting it, even though the men's game clashes. I will be The AFL men's game clashes. I will be live tweeting the game. There will be a five-minute video afterwards as well with my thoughts um, recorded like immediately after the game as always. So that, that will be there. And even if you can't watch the game, that will still be there. That's correct. Uh, and so obviously... 
throughout the AFLW offseason, we will keep you abreast of any news and information that comes out. And we'll also be previewing our second season in the AFLW. So stay tuned because if you want to talk all things women's footy in the brown and gold, Soaring to New Heights is your one-stop shop. CBA, please. Sometime soon. Sometime soon, hopefully. Now, in terms of talking Hawks land, plenty more content coming out, both about the men's and the women's. Yep, we're working hard behind the scenes as the rest of the crew to get some stuff out to you guys. So stay tuned over the next weeks and months. You'll enjoy that. That is correct. And that brings us to the end of this episode. Liam, you got anything else to add before we round off? Can the season start next weekend? Yeah, well, we've got to enjoy the VFLW season first before we uh, before we get there. So it's a very good, very good appetizer leading up to the main course. Yeah, I mean, I'm getting impatient for September to be honest, which is when the season's likely to start. So because actually, I wouldn't put it past the AFL to completely self sabotage with putting it up against the Women's World Cup, but I don't, even, I don't even think they're that dumb. Oh, we don't know. We'll just have to uh, see what happens in terms of that. So it brings us to the end of this episode of Soaring to New Heights. If you are listening to this on your favorite podcast provider, please make sure to give us a five-star review and a rating. It helps other people to be able to engage and to connect with the Soaring to New Heights content as we help to grow women's footy in Australia. Thanks very much for listening. And until next time, go the Hawks.